0: Welcome to the Second Students North podcast. My name is Luis, and this is the third week of our series, Christian Atheists. This series focuses on those who claim to be Christians, but their lives and their actions don't reflect that to be true. This week, Daniel talks to us about those who believe in God, but don't want to go overboard. Our prayer is that God would speak to you through this podcast, no matter where you are in your faith. We hope that you enjoy week three of Christian Atheists. tonight we're going to be continuing our series of Christian Atheist and last week I talked about uh, or should I say we've been talking about this phrase I believe in God but and we've kind of taglined it with each week last week I talked about I believe in God but I don't fear him I don't fear him and I gave you the equation of what fearing God looks like it's it's a matter of loving God plus respecting God would equal fearing God and ultimately leading to complete obedience in God. Well, tonight we're going to be looking at, I believe in God. Oh, I thought it was up there. I believe in God, but I don't want to go overboard. I believe in God, but I don't want to go overboard. And I love, I love this topic. I love this topic because this was me. This was me, specifically when I was in junior high. You see, I grew up uh, going to church. I grew up the pastor's kid. I grew up going to Bible study to Wednesday nights, uh, doing my quiet time, you know, having family meals and do, leading the prayer, whatever. I grew up a believing in God, knowing he exists. I grew up in the church. And then fifth and sixth grade, I was actually homeschooled in the church. Like I'd wake up and I'd go to the church. Uh, I'd go to the church to to, like learn, I guess. I was homeschooled there. Uh, But that's where we did it. And so I I knew God and I had a right relationship with God. And then in seventh grade, I went back to public school. And I started to get something called a social life. Now you homeschoolers are like being like, wow, I have a whole social life. Let me remind you, this was in, when I was in fourth and, I mean, fifth and sixth grade, when these homeschool like the hangout things didn't exist. It was me and my dad. That's it, like that. And my dad was my, my best friend, my worst friend, my enemy. My bo- like he he was it, right? He's all I had. And so I went back to school and I started to get a, a social life. I started to 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 have friends and to play sports and to hang out with people. I finally had someone to to instant message on my computer when I got home because AOL instant messaging was a thing. Find me at, at ratchad 2103 It probably still exists. It's out there somewhere. But with that, I started to get busy. And as I started, as my social life started to get busy, my relationship with God started to get blurry. And I didn't step away from God. Or, sorry, should I say, I didn't close God off. I didn't, like, reject God. I wasn't like, no, you don't exist anymore. Like, my relationship with you is over. No, I just started to step away from him. I started to step away from God, and I started to step more towards the world. And I found myself at a place where, where I, I had God over here on Sunday and had my friend. And, and please know that my friends weren't like these bad friends or anything like that. But I had the world over here. And I was kind of playing tug of war with this. I was kind of like Hannah Montana, like I got the best of both worlds kind of deal, you know. Like I was like, I can be like over here on Sunday, I can be with you God, And over here I can be like with my friends on Friday, Saturday and like all throughout the week or whatever it is. And, and I started to play tug of war a little. And then that summer, or sorry, let me back up. I started to play tug of war with him and, and I found myself becoming the guy that didn't want to go overboard. I didn't want my friends like I I didn't want my friends to think that I was this weirdo that was all about like religion and all about my relationship with God and all about you know going to church and reading my bible I was like no no yeah I kind of yeah, I do that sometimes right I do I was trying to be that cool guy cuz I've finally like had friends and things like that to hang out with So I didn't want to go overboard So my 7th grade year I, I I it started to get busy social life started to get busy I started to walk away uh, from my relationship with God on, on certain days or whatever it was and I started to play this tug of war and then I went to I went to a camp in the summer which was this church in my hometown it wasn't my dad's church it was basically their equivalent of beach retreat except it was like way better right I'm just kidding <laughs> just kidding it's a joke no I went to the equivalent of beach retreat we went to Daytona Florida Daytona, Florida, it's like if you've ever been to, it's basically if you've ever been to Jay High Beach Retreat in Biloxi and Pensacola for high school, if you went to both beaches, if you just added them together, meaning that the water you couldn't see through, yet it had waves. Does that make sense? It was dirty water with huge waves. That's what Daytona Beach was like. And so uh, I went to Daytona Beach. We went to, we were in this hotel and uh, we were staying And there's this guy who was speaking, and he was speaking on this verse that we're going to be looking at tonight. He was speaking on the topic of not wanting to go overboard. He was speaking on the topic of being lukewarm. And that's where we're going to find ourselves tonight. In Revelations 3, uh, chapter 3, let me give you some background first. this, the book of Revelation, uh, It's in it Jesus writes seven letters to seven churches or one letter per church. And six out of those seven churches, they got a letter that sounded like this. They got a letter that sounded, you know, hey, you're doing great uh, in this area, but you probably need to work on this area. Hey, like, keep it up here, work on this. Hey, you're not doing so good here. But way to go on this. They kind of got that like uh, sandwich compliment kind of deal uh, where you say something good and say something bad and then say something good again. However, there was one church, the church of Laodicea, who their letter was just all bad. Their letter was hey, you, you're doing this wrong. You're doing this wrong. Like, you need to pick it up here. And Laodicea was a city, it was basically, of this time, it was like the Dubai. It was like this just monstrous city that had came out of nowhere, kind of. And they had built these huge theaters. They had built these huge, these arenas and these castles or whatever it is. And it was just the people of Laodicea, they were very wealthy people. They were well off. They had nice things. And so Jesus is writing to the church at Laodicea. He's writing to these people, or should I say, John is writing, Jesus through John is writing to these people of Laodicea, these rich, well-off people. And this is what he says in verse 15. In verse 15 he says this, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other, but since you are lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say I'm rich, I have everything I want, I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. When I get to the office or on my off day or whatever it is in the morning, I love drinking coffee. Any coffee drinkers out there? Love coffee, right? I love drinking coffee, so what happens is I'll get to the office and, and I'll make some coffee. Uh, and I like drinking coffee out of a coffee mug, not like those, those like Starbucks I mean, I'll drink Starbucks, but I like it. Sorry, guys. This fell. Thank you. No, but I'll drink coffee out of a mug, right? I'll drink coffee out of a mug. And what will happen is I'll set that mug down on my my desk. I'll start working. I'll start working. And then about 30 minutes later or so, there's about a quarter left of the coffee. And I'll, like, go for it. And I'll take a sip of it and it's become it, it's not hot anymore it's like that lukewarm anybody been there it's like that lukewarm and so I'll like and so I'll drink it and instead of spitting it out I'm just kind of open my mouth I'm like ah I hate it I hate when that coffee because beca- then I'm like man especially if I haven't drinking only but half my cup and then I'm like oh, this cup's done like it's no more I hate it. And the same would go for cold coffee, you know, for you cold coffee drinkers out there. You know, when, if you leave it in your car and the ice melts, not only does it become watery and the sun gets it, it becomes a little lukewarm, and when you, when you take a sip, it's just nasty. It's nasty. Well, here, Jesus is calling these people. He's saying, you've gotten to a point. Remember, this is the church of Laodicea. This is written to the people who believe in God or who know God, God exists and they get to a point where he's saying, you're not, you're not on fire for me anymore. You're not running after me anymore. You're not obeying me anymore, but you're also not totally against me. He's saying, you haven't actually like totally blocked me out or said good riddance to me. You're kind of in that place of saying, I want this God but I also want the world. I want my wealth, but I also want God. I want these, uh, you're playing tug of war and you have found yourself being lukewarm. Jesus is saying, or God's saying, uh, you're neither hot nor cold. And I love that he even says that I wish you were one of them. He's saying, he doesn't just say that I wish you were hot. Obviously, that's what he wants. That's where he, he wants you to be. He wants you to be a child of, of his and all in for him and obeying him and following him. But he's saying, no, you're, just pick one at least. Stop playing this game of tug-of-war where you find yourself trying to have the best of both worlds. And then the Bible uses the it uses the word spit. It says, I will spit you out of my mouth. Even when I, my coffee's cold, I don't spit it. I kind of just let it fall. But the word used here. The word used here it it means this. I have the definition up here, I believe. It means this. It means to the word the the word used in the Bible. The translation is this: Uh, to spit, vomit, utter rejection, supremely repulsed, to vomit. His dislike for lukewarm people is so much so, he's saying, you can't make up your mind so much that I am vomiting you out of my mouth, that I am rejecting you, that I am repulsed by you. I hate the idea of my God spitting me out. Of the creator of the universe. Of the one whose image I am made in. Of the one who sent his only son to die for me. To think of him spitting me out, vomiting me out, rejecting me, being repulsed by me. I hate that. So what does a lukewarm person actually look like? What is it? How do I know that I'm a lukewarm person? How do I know that that's where I've been? I got, I got five things for you. If you're taking notes, I got five things for you. And if one of these lines up with, with where you are, maybe that's you've gotten to a point where you're lukewarm, where you're kind of in this tug of war of things, where you're riding the fence, the first one is this. A lukewarm person craves acceptance from people more than acceptance from God. A lukewarm person craves acceptance from people. More than acceptance from God. You care more about what he says or she says or what he thinks or she thinks. You care more about your followers on Instagram, how many likes you get on Facebook, how many views you get on YouTube or subscribers you have to your channel. You care more about what the world thinks and what others think than you do about your your acceptance from God. This was a big one for me as a as a... Seventh grader going into eighth grade that year as I sat in that chair, listening to this guy preach this verse to me, listening to him talk about lukewarm people and what it looks like to be lukewarm. This one was huge. It says, a lukewarm person rarely shares their faith in Christ rarely shares their faith in Christ. I was a guy who, who who grew up in the church. I was a guy who had a who had a dad who shared him the gospel at a young age and 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 raised me up in the church and to follow Christ. Yet I started to look back on those times and I started to look back on my life. And I was like, man, have I shared? I spent two years being homeschooled in the church, getting to see like some really cool things that God did. And yet when I got into school, when I got into the public school system, was I sharing my faith with Christ? This one may hit home for for many of us is that a lukewarm person rationalizes sin. You justify sin. You get to a point in your sin where you say, ah, it doesn't hurt anybody, so does it count? Ah, no one saw it, does it count? Or my favorite one is... I haven't done it in a while. I'm due. Like I, I, I get one I get one. Mistake, I get the one, right? Like I'm fine. It's kind of like you think it's like rollover days. Like, I haven't sinned, I get a rollover. Yeah, keep going, building it up. A lukewarm person rationalizes sin. A lukewarm person only turns to God when they need something. It's like God on a shelf. Right, you kinda you keep him in reach, you keep him at a point where you can get to him, but maybe he's he's behind a cupboard or behind a box and he's kind of closed off. So where people come over, you're like, no, it's not, you know, you can't see it. And when life's good, you're just like, oh yeah, this is awesome, this is great, I'm doing great. But then all of a sudden a family member gets sick, and so you go to that cupboard, you reach up in there, and you're like, Oh, I need God, where are you? Come on. Okay, God, God, please heal my please heal my family member, please heal my friend, whatever it is. And then when life starts getting good again, you put him back up there and you're like, no, okay, you're good, you're good. And then you got that championship game coming and you want to pray, pray to God, oh, please keep us healthy, please keep us safe. And then you put him back up, oh, that big test is coming. You only go to God, you only turn to God when you need something. And the last one is this, a lukewarm person, a lukewarm person doesn't look much different than the world. That one may come off a little weird, but here's the deal. If a believer in Christ, a follower of Christ, the Bible calls you a stranger and an alien. It says that you are going against the grain of the world. You look different than the world. So when you find yourself on that fence line, when you find yourself being lukewarm, you'll start to find yourself kind of going in certain areas of your life. Maybe you'll start to find yourself going the way that the world's going. He's called you to go against them, yet here you are, just going with the flow. I was heading into eighth grade when I heard this verse. When I heard this pastor preach this sermon of being lukewarm, of riding on a fence, of having, trying to have the, uh, have your relationship with God and be of the world, just playing tug of war almost. And I remember sitting in the chairs in that ballroom in Daytona, Florida. I remember being on the edge of my seat, leaning in as he said these things. And I remember imagining my God spitting me out. The God that I grew up with, the God that I knew was real, the God that I believed in. I I remember like having my head down feeling somewhat ashamed and sad and disappointed, and I, and I just was so flustered in the moment. I was like, that's who I am. That's where I am. I'm, I'm trying to have the best of both worlds. I'm trying to have my relationship with God, but I don't, I don't want to go all in. I don't want to go overboard with it. I, don't, I know you exist, God, but I don't want to jump in with both feet. I just want to have, I, I, just on Sundays, can you have just Sundays? And as I thought about him spitting me out, that disappointment came over me. But then he kept reading. And he read verse 20. And verse 20 says this. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And we will share a meal together as friends. When I heard that verse, when he started to say that to me, I heard God banging on the door louder than I had ever heard before. I looked up and I saw God using this man in front of me, this pastor in front of me, just banging on this door saying, let me in, let me in. And as I opened it up, I I walked back into my relationship with God. I jumped in with both feet and I said, I'm done with this lukewarmness I'm done with being the person that you are spitting out of your mouth that you're vomiting, that you are repulsed with no I want to be all in because I know who you are and I believe in what you've done and I want to be all in as as I looked back on that night and as I are the ne- the nights to come or the days to come as I looked back on that school year I noticed time and time again God knocking at the door. God sending people in my life to say, to try to turn me back and me just ignore them. Me just keep walking on that fence, walking on that line. I had become lukewarm. But as I walked into the relationship with God, I said, I don't want this anymore. And I jumped in with both feet. I jumped in with both feet because I knew the power of God. Some of you uh, are here and, and you're where I was. You are someone who, who knows God. You're someone who, who believes in God. And you're someone who has seen God's power, yet you have started to walk towards this fence, towards this line, uh, the divide between the world and, of, and your relationship with God. And You're starting to straddle that fence of knowing that he exists, knowing that he's over here, but yet... Wanting to go this way and wanting to be in the world. Some of you, that's you. And you need to take a moment uh, to think back at the way that I did. Think of your God spitting you out. Think of the one that was, you were created in his image spitting you out. And you need to f- focus in on the knocks at the door. You need to focus in on who has been knocking. How has he been knocking? Where have I seen him? And then some of you uh, are here and you, it's the opposite. You, you, you are, you're over here in the world and, and you're here because a friend kind of brought you here and wanted you to, to come to church and things like that. But you, you might not have grown up in the church. You, but you're kind of just here because of an invite. But yet you've seen God work in your friend's life. You've seen God work in your, friend, in your family's life. You've seen the miracles that he's performed and the people around you. And you're starting to realize that those knocks at the door aren't aren't friends, but they're God trying to get your attention. And and as you start to kind of walk towards the fence as well in the opposite direction of the world, you're starting to kind of get to the point where you're saying, man, I, I don't really want to be of the world anymore. I kind of, what's going on over here? What's happening over here? Like I've seen God work. I've seen him I've seen him do mighty things, and you're starting to walk there, and you're becoming cold, and now you're you're a little, you're lukewarm, and, and you're wanting to, to see more of that, but you're not sure. You're not sure. You're 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 saying, "I don't I don't know if I can, man. My life has been a mess, and like I don't know if it, I don't know if this is what I can do. I don't know if I can jump in." Those people in your life the friends who invited you here, the times that you have seen God work a mighty, uh, a mighty work in someone else's life, they have been knocks at the door. And he's saying that if anybody hears it and opens it, I will come, into, I will, I will come in and have a meal with him. We will, you will be a child of me. You'll be a child of mine. And so if you're on that fence line, here's my challenge for you this week. Here's my challenge for you tonight as we wrap up. It took me to imagine that my God was spitting me out. It took me to to picture that actual image. A picture, almost in my head. Uh, I, I'll share this with you. A picture in my head that it was like I was standing toe to toe with God, and He literally like spit in my face and said, "No." I, I, it took that for me, but maybe for you, it's going to take a friend. Maybe for you, it's going to take uh, it's going to take multiple friends. Maybe for you, it's going to take a brother or sister or a family member just constantly inviting you. To church, constantly saying, hey, I, I want you to see what's going on in my life. I want you to see what God has done in my life. I just want you in the room and maybe they're, they're saying, no, I'll go, but man, I'm not, I'm not listening. I'm not gonna, and, and that's fine. But I promise you, those friends and those, those people that you hear, they're knocks at the door. And he is begging you to open up. He's begging you to let him in to for you to walk into a relationship with him. Because you see he sent his only son so that he could knock on the door. He sent his only son to die to pay the punishment that me and you deserved, the punishment that we couldn't pay. A punishment that ended his that ended up with his son on a cross in a Roman crucifixion. That's what it that's what it took. For him to be able to even knock at that door and yet here he is knocking and you're just kind of like, ah, I don't know. I really want this and I really want that. Like, can Being on the fence is God spitting you out. Being on the fence is God vomiting you out. Being lukewarm, he says, I am utterly repulsed. And so tonight, if you find yourself on that fence line, you find yourself coming over from, from this world and saying, I, you know, I want, I want to jump in with, with both feet. I want to dive in head first. I, I want to be all in. I want to be on fire for God. If that's you, it's, it's very simple. We, it's very simple what the Bible says. It says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is Lord, that he, uh, he sent his son, that his son Jesus died on the cross for your sins, that he rose again from the dead, and that he's preparing a place for you and me in a place called heaven, if you believe that in your heart and you confess it with your mouth, he says that you will be saved. And you will spend eternity with him. And it will no longer be this fence line of tug of war. It will no longer be this lukewarm or hot or cold. No, it will be, it will be all, all hot, all on fire, all glory to God. And you will spend eternity in heaven with him.